Hello, this is Larry Yellick with Father Steve Anderson, a Catholic priest of the Lansing Diocese. He's married. Cindy has two children and some grandchildren. Hope you enjoy this talk on evangelization he gave in 2011 with me. Thank you. Good to be with you. Uh, Church of the Resurrection, uh, the Charismatic Episcopal Church, was in Spencer Elementary School uh, for about three years. And it was about this size. We set up about this many chairs at Spencer Elementary School. And uh, we were full of the Holy Spirit, full of the Word of God, and uh, liturgical, uh, too. We always we just had this many. We'd process. Remember, Cindy, how we do this? We'd process with incense and cross and all that sort of thing. And I mean, we might be singing praise songs with, with incense and processions. And the deacon, whenever he would process out to give the word of God, would have two candles and and uh, a sense a thoroughfare. And he'd bring the word of God. He'd always bring the gospel here and and then incense it. So here we are, uh, tambourines, praise music, and and just high church liturgy. It was more fun than I, I think we're allowed to have. <laughs> and that's a fact. We just got started. And um, as good as it was, uh, I was on a journey. And that journey was most well here uh, for right now, but uh, into the Catholic Church and the fullness, the fullness of the faith, isn't it? Uh, but we used to laugh at you Catholics uh, because we were, we were charismatics and spirit-filled Bible believers, and we felt like we were buying at garage sale prices uh, those liturgical uh, treasures and those, those spiritual treasures that the Catholic Church had. You know, people seemed to be willing to give away, and we're, we felt like we were picking them up at garage sale prices and practicing them. So we just loved, we just loved being Catholic. Uh, and so anyways, uh, I'm glad to be here. I used to be real close. When I was there, Tom Thompson was here. You know Father Thompson? He, I mean, that's been a long time ago, hasn't it? Yeah, so it's been, it's been that long. Um, maybe I'll start with a story. I used to do evangelism, and um, one of the things we had to do was come up with a short one-minute uh, kind of story uh, just, to, just to get people hooked a little bit. And I used to tell the story. I was younger. I used to tell the story about when I was a teenager, probably, uh, I, my days were great. I loved playing football. I loved school. I loved everything about life. But at night, not so great. When I was all alone in my bedroom and the lights were out and it was all quiet and all the noise was gone and all the fun was gone, I used to lie awake at night and think, what's going to happen to me when I die? That's what I really want to know. Am I going to become nothing? Am I going to disappear? Am I going to go to hell? Is there a heaven? Is any of this true? And for whatever reason in my life, uh, I probably didn't tell this part, I just remember watching the, the movie Song of Bernadette as a little kid. And I thought, no, there's something there. Something really happened there. And for some reason, that would bring me some comfort. And so I used to wonder, what will happen to me when I die? That was scary. And I don't anymore. I don't wonder what's going to happen to me when I die. These things were written. This is the Gospel of John. These things were written that you might know, or no, it says these things were written so that you might believe. And believing, you might have eternal life. You can know that you have eternal life. And that's what everybody wants to know. Everybody, bottom line, is made the same way. We're all made by God in the image of God, and everyone wants to know. So Cindy, uh, God love her, I don't know if she uh, made up a, a witness that was close to mine or if she stole mine. But we're in Office Depot making copies. Do you remember? And uh, for the church, and, and she's talking to this coffee center kid, just a kid, and she says, you know, she tells that story about uh, wondering uh, what happens to us when we die at night. And uh, he goes, oh, my God. I wake up every night at about 2 in the morning in cold sweats, just afraid what's going to happen to me when I die. And then you just share the gospel. And you say, you know what? How'd you like to know for certain? How, you can know for sure you have eternal life. Because, yeah, I want to know. Yeah, I want to know. And here she is. I'm trying to 
get some copies made. And she's, she's winning souls for Jesus. And I'm like, do you mind very much? We can let one go. Can I get my copies made? And, uh, and so it's, it's really easy uh, to evangelize. When I was uh, in the business world, I was at one point an IBM business machine salesman. And whenever I walked up to an office, they always had a sign on the door, no soliciting. And I always knew that applied to everyone but me. Because <laughs> I was an IBM salesman. And I'm like, you want me here. And I just go in and say, hi, I'm your IBM's uh, representative. Uh, would you like me to take a look at your office and assess your business needs? And they're like, yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. We'd like to know how our office is running and, and what we need and that sort of thing. And I said, sure. And we just sell them typewriters and that sort of thing. But uh, I, I just had a confidence because IBM was the name back in the day. Do you remember back in the day when IBM was the name and Selectric was the best ever typewriter in the whole world? And, uh, and so it's the same exact thing. It really is. Uh, even better than IBM sales is God. Uh, God is something that everybody wants to know about. And you can, you can do it full of the Holy Spirit, and you can use canned phrases. Uh, you can take classes. Uh, you, can just, you can just move however God moves you uh, because, because it's easy. It's like uh, that sign applies to everyone but me. <laughs> it really does. Uh, I remember once I was at my mother's house, and I was going to start a church called... It was, actually, it was, the outcome was Church of the Resurrection over on Spencer Road. But at the time... I called it Highland Christian Fellowship. Remember when those were the names of all the Bible churches or charismatic churches? Highland Christian Fellowship. And I was planning this church out, and I was going to start with a Bible study. I was just going to do a church plant. And I looked over the sh across from my, my mom's road. I looked and saw Jill McLaughlin, one of my neighbors, uh, when I was growing up. And apparently at that point in her life, I can't judge her, but I don't, I don't know where she's at now, but uh, uh, she was living pretty far away from but my mom thought a Christian, uh, any interest in Christianity at all, she was just way out there. And I'm like, Mom, there's Jill. I think I'll invite Jill to the Bible study. And she said, if you get Jill to the Bible study, I'll believe you're a prophet. <laughs> and that's my mom. How many know moms don't believe you're a prophet? You can do no real miracle in your own town, right? And so I had just been listening to the radio and heard some canned line. You know, they said, you know, just, just say this. It works. And I'm like, so I just went over there and I said, Jill, you know, we talked for a minute. I was like, you ever notice how people our age are starting to think about God and just talk about God a little bit more? She goes, oh, that's a canned line. I heard it on the radio on how to, how to share your faith. They said, just if you're sitting next to someone on the air, air, in the airplane, just say, have you ever noticed how people our age are starting to talk about God again? And so I just totally used it. It's, I'm, trust me, word for word canned. And, uh, and Jill goes, oh, my God, it's so weird you say that. I am praying every day now. And I'm like, well, I'm doing a Bible study. You want to come? She goes, yes, I definitely want to come. I'm there. And I go back to my house and say, yes, she's coming. She goes, what? How would you do that? Prophet, I'm a prophet. <laughs> you can get on your knees. But... Uh, uh, you see what I'm saying? Because what I'm telling you is we're built this way. People are built in the image of God and they're built for this God-sized need, this God-sized hole in them. They try everything to fill it up. And I mean everything, every wrong thing, every right thing. And there's no thing that can take the place of God. Isn't that right? And everything in this world is a thing. And God is not a thing. And so no thing will fill that hole. That's a positive statement and a negative statement, isn't it? No thing as in no created thing, but God is no thing. Isn't that right? God is nothing. Uh, God, is, God is God. Thing doesn't apply to God, does it? God is, that, God is that good. And how many know God's that good? You know what the world, the world has a lie. The world has a lie, and the lie is something like this. This is all you get. What, what you see in this world, this life, it's all you get. 
So you might as well go through with gusto or the one with the most toys wins or, or something like that. But uh, you might you probably want a bigger house, a better wife, a newer car, uh, all kinds of things because this is all you get. So grab for what you can in this life. Who is the first one to grab for stuff? <laughs> you know, well, Adam and Eve. You know, they grabbed for the fruit of, of a tree of knowledge of good and evil, didn't they? And we've been grabbing ever since. And what we want to do is let go of everything that's passing away, don't we? So we can hold on to that which lasts forever. Everything passes away. Everything passes away, isn't there? Everyone passes away. It's just there's nothing in this world that doesn't pass away. But God, in the Gospel of John, the only time the word abide or remain is used, it's used of God. And John does that because only God remains. Only God abides. That's why Jesus says, abide in me as I abide in the Father. So you can abide in me. And he says, you, I want you to be one as the Father and I are one. But remain in me as I remain in the Father. Only God remains. And that's the good news. And so evangelizing isn't arguing, is it? There's a difference between arguing or even apologetics and evangelizing. Evangelizing is giving people that good news that everything passes away that God isn't a thing. God remains forever. And if you're in God, you remain forever. Isn't that right? That's really, really good news. So the world thinks this is all you get. But I have good news for you. You get forever. You get forever. And you get every good gift. And everyone I know, I knew a woman once who came to me. She said, uh, Father, I got to talk to you. I said, OK, make an appointment. And uh, she made it right away. She's right in my office. And she says, I was at Genesis Hospital. Remember that when you were at Burton? And she said, I was having a heart procedure done and I died. <laughs> and she, she, I'm like, okay, you got my attention. Uh, I'll, I'll listen. And she says, I was with God. I really was with God. And she said, I can't put into words this God I encountered. There's no words that could possibly, possibly describe it. But this God was so, this doesn't touch it, but so amazingly loved. This love that is better than anything the world knows is love. Uh, just a love that's beyond any understanding and a peace. She said, I was so at peace, I can't describe the peace that was there. It's complete absence of any concern, any worry, any thoughts, anything. I was just perfectly at peace, perfectly in love. And then, and then all of a sudden she said, I came back you know, to the world. And she said, I didn't know why. I guess the only reason was to tell people how amazing this God is. And people say, this world is all you get. Uh, that's sad. That depresses people. It really does. Uh, Thoreau says, most men lead lives of quiet desperation. You ever hear that? That's where people live. And yet, we have a God that's more amazing than words can ever speak about and we got that God forever. Uh, I was doing a funeral recently and talking about this, and I'm just thinking that that person for the funeral, I think this one was Dolores, and, and I'm thinking, she is now sitting there thinking, oh yeah, I could do this forever. Yeah, the, you know, this, is, this, this I'll never get tired of. This will never get old. This is a forever kind of experience right here. I don't have to do anything else. This is forever right here. And we have forever, uh, and that's good news uh, for people. This woman, too, was a, she was a big cheater. Uh, but she was a great lover. This God who was love was in this woman. Listen to this. She used to play their, her kids or whatever, or grandkids in cards or Yahtzee or whatever. And uh, she always won because she always cheated. And, and I think they let her. I, I think they might have let her get away with it because she was grandma or whatever. Or she always had her way. But she always won. And I was thinking about how much they loved her and how much she loved them. And I thought, uh, I'm not sure that was altogether cheating. I think love always wins. Love always wins. Isn't that right? I mean, whether you uh, came to work at 6 in the morning or 5 in the afternoon, you, love wins. You get paid the same thing. Is it cheating when the prodigal son comes home? You know, and instead of becoming a servant, uh, God throws, or the prodigal son's father throws a ring on his finger and robes on him and sandals, kills the fatted calf and all that sort of thing. 
That's love. That's not cheating. Love always, always wins. So the good news is we always win. We do. We always won. We won 2,000 years ago. We're just playing out the clock. And so if you let Jesus alone, he's going to preach, teach, heal, uh, cast out demons. He's going to do all kinds of miraculous things. And if you kill him, the whole world's going to be saved. Either way, we win. The biggest day, the biggest victory for the devil was the salvation of the whole world. <laughs> you know, there's no way that guy wins. We win just because love always wins and God always wins. And the Bible says uh, one day uh, the love of God, when the love of God which just will destroy death itself, when the love of God that always wins, that always conquers, will destroy even death itself. Uh, so we win. These are, these are good things. I just, I don't know why I shared those with you. In 1974, I was full of the Holy Spirit. In 1972, I was in California with my uncle at my uncle's house and Credence Clearwater Revival was going to be on. And I'm like, sweet. I was a little hippie boy and wanted to watch this concert worse than anything. And my uncle turns and says, no, you don't want to watch this. Come on, get down on your knees. We're going to pray the Jesus prayer. And and I gave my life to Jesus in 1972 at 14. And uh, probably a good thing I didn't see the concert. But uh, in 1974, we, uh, my dad was in a car accident and killed. My brother was uh, um, close to head injury. And we were up at the hospital visiting him. And no one from our church, we were Presbyterian, no one from our church came. Uh, but these Pentecostal kind of people came. And they would pray for him. And they would pray in tongues and pray in the spirit and prophesy what would happen with them and stuff. And we're like, what is that? These people really believe. These people really believe. Uh, that's the whole thing. These things were written so that you might believe. When I was in seminary, did you go to Sacred Heart? When I was at Sacred Heart, Bishop Mingling used to come and visit us, and I could see him down the hall, way down the hall, about to that wall. And, and he'd start to walk. He'd already start his handshake. Remember Bishop Mingling? He's like this big, huge cheerleader. And uh, he's... You know, his handshake coming up. And by the time he got to me, he grabbed my hand. He said, Steve, are you still a believer? That's what he would say. Are you still a believer? I'm like, even more, Bishop, even more. I believe more every day. He says, good. We need priests who are believers. We got enough of whatever. I don't, you know how he talks. <laughs> we, we need priests who believe. That's what we need. And so in 1974, I'm like, wow, these people really believe this. They act like the New Testament is still true today and that the Holy Spirit's still around and God's still working in people's lives. And so we begin to look at that and go to these Pentecostal charismatic churches. Uh, one, of, one of the guys told me uh, way later, uh, after when we were looking back at the day, he says, boy, we, were, we weren't full of the Holy Spirit if we could run up and down the aisles, you know, with our hands in the air. We were full of the Holy Spirit if we could run up and down the aisles with our eyes closed, jumping over those people who were slain in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that was the test of the Spirit then. Uh, and so we were looking at that, and my mom's trying to get full of the Holy Spirit, and I'm just looking and that sort of thing. And uh, you would go up to the uh, altar rail and get prayed for back in the day. You know. Oh, by the way, we used to go to those meetings, and we'd look at you Catholics and say, why are they here? <laughs> Remember when the charismatic movement was bringing everyone together and you'd have all the different denominations all the different people all gathering together around Jesus around the Holy Spirit and so um, I got this book by Cheryl I think uh, like they speak in other tongues or you shall receive power or something I forget what it was uh, and anyways I, I went I went in my bedroom one night at bedtime and I took these couple of books and I began to read and it's like okay uh, Confess your sins. Tell God that you're a sinner. And I'm like, God, I'm a sinner, you know. Here's my sins. He says, okay, now ask God to forgive you. Okay, God, forgive me. Okay, now give, give your life to Jesus. Surrender your life to Jesus. All right, Jesus, my life is yours. Uh, and, and give Jesus that, that throne, you know, to sit on the throne of your heart kind of thing. And I'm like, all right, Jesus, you rule in my life. You, I give my life to you. Okay, now ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Okay, God... Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Uh, you got to know my mom's been going for like a year up to this altar rail, having people lay hands on her, and nothing's happening. Just, just a big nothing. And, that, and what a great phrase those Pentecostals used to have. You know what they called it? King James English, tarrying. Tarry in Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father. 
which you've heard of from me. For John baptized with water, but you shall receive the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Tarry in Jerusalem. It means wait. But in King James, it was tarry. So they used to tarry. Boy, I've got to tell you, that's a good use of time. Just tarrying. Just waiting for the Holy Spirit. Praying for God to fill us with the Holy Spirit. And doing nothing else. Seeking nothing else but God to fill us with the Holy Spirit. I don't think she wasted that year. I think that was a good use of a year. Just tarrying and saying, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. So I'm like, okay, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm in my bedroom alone. I'm 16 and I'm shy. And that's why I'm in my bedroom alone, because I'm not doing this in front of other people. And so uh, now it says, okay, now speak in tongues. <laughs> okay. And so I, uh, and they said, well, no matter what it sounds like, just speak out. And I did. And, and it wasn't impressive. Uh, I don't think, maybe a couple, two, three syllables, that sort of thing. Uh, but I was full of the Holy Spirit. And in fact, I spent the night with God. And uh, when I, I probably got a couple hours sleep that night. I probably went to bed about four in the morning, five, six in the morning. But when I got up, uh, just a few hours sleep, my bedroom door was across from my mom's and mine slid. So I was tired and I was just going to go, the bathroom was right next to my door. So I, was, I opened the door and my mom's standing there in her door. She's looking at me. She goes, you got it, didn't you? And I'm like, I knew what she meant, but I'm like, got what? She says, you got it, didn't you? I'm like, yeah, I got it. I got it. And you know what they said? You know what they said for people who got it? <laughs> Lock them up. <laughs> you remember. Why? Because they won't shut up. Right? They're out of control. They won't shut up. Lock them up for a year. And so when you're full of the Holy Spirit, what? You speak out, don't you? And you know what the other sign for me was of the Holy Spirit? I just could not get enough of reading the Bible. I was reading the Bible, memorizing the Bible. People say, you ought to be a pastor. You, you know the Bible so well. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit and the Word always work together, don't they? Spirit and the Word always work together. Irenaeus said they're the hands of God. The Word of God, Jesus, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, that's how God accomplishes things in the world. Uh, the, the two hands of God, the Spirit and the Word. So for me, the Holy Spirit just filled me with God's Word. I just would read the Word all the time. I'm going to go somewhere with that. But uh, I think sometimes when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we're able to speak the things of God, aren't we? The Spirit and the Word uh, go together. Uh, whether it's a prophetic word or speaking in tongues. I got it. I'm a, they called me Protestant Steve at seminary. I went through a little earlier than this guy here. But they made fun of me, Protestant Steve, yeah. And, uh, and uh, I, I, I'll tell you what, though. And I don't want to offend anybody here. But um, we talked about the dark nights of the, of the soul and how you get depressed and that sort of thing. And, and I've, I've been depressed. I, I know what it is to be depressed. Sometimes if I woke up depressed, I'm like, God, we'll be depressed together today. Uh, but when you're full of the Holy Spirit, it's different. You can be completely depressed in the world and completely full of the Holy Spirit. And so I never really understood that. I'm like, well, if they're, if they're down, yeah, why don't they just pray in the Holy Spirit? Why don't they just dance? And Why don't they just get that glory of God? Sometimes we block that in our lives, don't we? Uh, when we get depressed, we just won't do those things. We get these rocks in our well, so to speak, that, that need to come out. We got rivers of living water in us, don't we? And that gets blocked up. And I just, why don't they just pray in the Holy Spirit? And so, uh, you know, I was reading a poet once that said, you have a whole ocean inside you, and why are you going around begging other people for a cup of water out of their bucket? You're going around to people saying, begging for water out of their bucket. And you got a whole ocean already inside you. Do you know that? You already have in you everything you need. You already are full of the Holy Spirit. You already are the light of this world, the salt of this world, God's presence in the world. You have that already. I want to talk about evangelizing a little bit. When I was a kid and I was full of the Holy Spirit, I remember I went to college and we just, I just, it's true, it's true, I should have been locked up, but I'm just telling everybody about this thing of God. And, uh, and we just sit down with the Word. I say, come here, let's just sit down for a moment, watch this. And we'd start at the end of Luke or whatever, where Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. We go through Acts where they all receive the Holy Spirit. I'm like, you want that? 
And he goes, yeah, I want that. And that's what we would do. We would, we would just live that way. Do you remember that? Did you used to do that too? Uh, that's kind of that just Holy Spirit evangelism, just, just not planned, not structured or anything like that. Uh, you can do structured evangelism. I've done that too. Um, but Jesus, when he was full of the Holy Spirit, what is that? Full of what? Full of When, he, when Jesus was baptized, remember he's, he's praying. And uh, in the one version, he's praying and he looks and he sees the Holy Spirit descend as a dove while he's praying. You see, it's while we're praying that the Holy Spirit descends on us. And then what is the Holy Spirit? Uh, it's the power of God and it's the love of God, right? So Jesus, the first thing he does with the Holy Spirit, goes out into the desert to break the power of the devil. He destroys the power of the devil. And throughout the gospel, he's casting out demons. He's ushering in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of darkness comes to an end. There is a kingdom of darkness and it's in our world today. It's, we call it in the Bible, the spirit of the power of the air. Have you ever heard that phrase? The spirit of the power of the air. And that pervades everything. Everything and everyone. And everything you do and everything you hear, that's that. And Jesus came to break that and to set us free. And the only thing he could do it with is the Holy Spirit. Because everything in this world passes away. Every idea in this world is going to pass away. How many know that Paul says... Uh, knowledge puffs up and, and one day all that's going to pass away but three things faith, hope and love abide and the greatest of these is love and that's the other thing the Holy Spirit is is love did you ever hear of Bonaventure St. Bonaventure he talks about God as this bubbling source this bubbling source like of water if you can picture water bubbling up out of the ground from this really big source or spring or something like that and so that's the Father. The Father's just bubbling up source. And all this stuff that bubbles up, it's not water, is it? It's, it's love. It's good. It's, it's God. It's life, isn't it? Love is bubbling up. And all this overflow of love over here, this overflow stuff, that's the sun. See? And so the sun's the exact same stuff as the Father. He's the overflow of this source right here. And then so the Father's overflowing in love towards the Son, and the Son's like, all right, right back at you. And so he overflows in love to the Father. And the love from the Father to the Son, and the Son to the Father, from the Father to the Son, and the Son to the Father. And what is that love between the Father and the Son? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And Romans says, God poured his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit he has given us. That very love that the Father and the Son have for one another is poured into us. That's good news. The love of God. And how many know that love attracts? Love attracts, doesn't it? It hugs, it holds hands, it, it attracts, and it does that. How many know that fear separates? And how many know that perfect love casts out fear? You guys know your Bibles, right? Uh, perfect love casts out fear. Fear is of this world. That's, that's of this world. God is love. And he pours that into our hearts. Then that's the very thing uh, people absolutely need. They need that love. But they don't just need us to love them. They need God-sized love, don't they? They need God to fill them up with that sort of thing. So people will attract that. I remember when I was most in my love phase of, of my faith a few years ago, a couple years ago, I was sitting in Starbucks and uh, I used to like to go there when wear my priest clothes sometimes and sometimes not. But people need to see a priest out in public, don't they? And so, uh, and so I'm sitting at Starbucks, probably with a friend, and this guy comes up to me, a little bit younger than me, and he just sits next to me and he just looks in my eyes and he, he grabs my hand and he holds my hand for like an extended period of time. And I'll admit I had a little homophobic feel. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I like women. I, I'm married to one. I mean, I like one woman. But this guy's just holding my hand and looking in my eyes. And he just saw the love of God. And he just, he's, he wanted in on that. And, and he wanted that kind of stuff. People want what we have if we let what we have uh, flow through us. If we let that river of living water flow out of us all the time. Because that river of living water is love. That's love. And, and how many know that love is not warm, fuzzy, kumbaya stuff? 
Don't you know that by now? Love will burn your house down, won't it? Yeah, yeah. How about that song, Purify My Heart? You know, my heart's one desire is to be holy, that one. Refiner's fire. What is refiner's fire? Love. That's the love of God. That's the Holy Spirit of God. And it burns up sin out of our life. Why? Why does love do that? Well, because it's love. It wants to connect us to God. It wants to unite us to God. And so that refiner's fire, my heart's one desire, be holy. And that's the love of God that burns all the sin up out of our life. There is nothing really but God. There's grace. There's no such thing as grace. You can't have a cup of grace or a box of grace. You can't put it in a bag. It's not yellow or green or blue or red. Uh, grace is the Holy Spirit poured into us. Isn't that the gift of God? The gift of God is God. The love of God is God. <laughs> you see what I mean? Eternal life. Life. God's life is God. God gives us God's own life. Isn't that true? And so uh, this um, Jesus, when he's full of the Holy Spirit, is filled with power and with love. The power to break uh, Satan's power. And uh, he says in one place, he says, people's, people always say, where the king is, there is the kingdom. You've heard that? Where the king is, there is the kingdom. Not for Jesus. For Jesus, where the Holy Spirit is, there is the kingdom. Remember? He says to those who say, well, he casts out demons by the power of the devil. He's full of the devil. That's how he can do it. And he says, yeah, well, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come upon you. So how do you spread the kingdom of God? By the Holy Spirit. By the power of the Holy Spirit. By the love of the Holy Spirit. Augustine in his reading today says, do you love me? You know, he's quoting Jesus to Peter. Do you love me? Do you love me? He keeps asking him. What's Peter's power of evangelism? Do you love me? Then feed my sheep. Do you love me? Then feed my sheep. Do you love me? Then feed my sheep. Yes, I love you. Yes, I love you. The Spirit of God is the love of God. And so, uh, it's interesting. It's not just do you love me, but it's do you love me more than these. More than these what? What's the these and do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these disciples? Do you love me more than these fish you just caught? That's what I think he's saying. Do you love me more than these fish? Because it says they caught 153 fish. Who counted that when the resurrected Jesus was present? Who was counting fish? <laughs> but it um, uh, takes all kinds, huh? Uh, all kinds of gifts, right? You're looking for all kinds of gifts. Do we have any counters? <laughs> and so, uh, and so uh, Jesus calls Peter when he's fishing, remember? And then he says, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. And then he's resurrected from the dead. He's already died on the cross and all that. Where did Peter go? Went back to fishing. And then he had a big catch of fish. And then Jesus says, what is it, man? What is it? Do you love the world or do you love me? You're going to fish for fish or you're going to fish for men? What are you going to do? Do you love me more than these? Yeah. Lord, you know I love you. What's the these in your life? What, what would you fill it in? It's not fish, is it? What is it? What's the these in your life? Do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than everything in the whole world? Would you forget about everything else? Would you leave everything else? Would you follow me? That's the call Jesus gives to all of us. Abandon it all. Why? It's all passing away. It all passes away. I have met this God. I know this God. And I'll tell you what. I'll give up everything in this world times infinity through all of eternity for this God. This God is that good. He's that much better than the these. Do you love me more than these? Yeah, I love you more than these. And when you love God like that, uh, you'll be evangelizing. Uh, Peter Schmidt is a friend of mine, and he's, he's like a charismatic, crazy guy. Uh, but he hasn't been for the last 10 or 20 years. He's been mature. And, uh, and, you know, other things and that sort of thing. And he's come to me, he says, I just got this Holy Spirit fire in me again, and I just got to go. I just got to do, do what God's calling me to do. And I'm like, follow the Holy Spirit. Always, that's always a direct, the spiritual direction. Follow the move of the Holy Spirit in your life. He's like, why do we lose it? Why did I ever give this up? Do you remember when we were so full of the Holy Spirit? Remember when we were so excited about what God was doing? 
And he's out in Flint just getting all the pastors of Flint together just to pray together in the Holy Spirit. He's doing a great work. He meets with the mayor once a month or something like that. Uh, that Holy Spirit, he's witnessing. When, when did he start doing it again? When did he start evangelizing again? When he let the Holy Spirit back in his life? When he gave up on the mature stuff? Uh, mature is going to pass away with everything else. It's just of this world. Uh, the Holy Spirit uh, is what God wants us to be full of. So we're all made in the same Lord's image. We all have the same needs, the same fears. How about lifestyle evangelism? Uh, lifestyle evangelism. I believe this stuff. I got to tell you, it's, a dis it's an unfair advantage. I actually really believe this stuff. I know God. I believe. It's almost like I don't even believe. It's just I know. I know God. And that's what God calls us to, is to know God personally and intimately. Isn't that right? And because I know that, uh, sometimes I smile. <laughs> Do you ever, you'll catch me smile. People say, oh, Father, we just love it that you smile at us. I'm like, well, I can't help it. It's the love of God in me, and I, and I love you. And that's, I've been placed here uh, as a shepherd. But I, I used to meet with these Protestant pastors last year, and um, one of them was Lamb of God. So it's this charismatic, Bible-believing church. Uh, next to us, one of the bigger churches in Montrose, which is a very small town. And, uh, and so I was about to leave, and he says, he says, Father, this is a pastor of a church, a charismatic church. He says, would you come speak to my people? Would you speak at our services? I'm like, uh, yeah, but you want a Catholic priest dressed like this to come speak to your charismatic Bible believer uh, church? He says, my people have got to hear what you have to say. What is that? Why did he do that? Well, I'll tell you why. Because we absolutely love each other. This man and I, we are just in love with each other. And that is what it's all about. And he just, he saw that. And he knows that. Uh, and, and so he said, so I went and I talked to him. You know, quoted saints all the way through, didn't I? And they loved it. They ate it up. They ate it up. They, they couldn't believe that there's a Catholic priest that loved them. God loves them. Yeah, it's true. What's, what's the Lamb of God? It, just, it was a couple weeks ago. I, don't, I can't believe it. So we talked about canned evangelism. Uh, once I was talking to a group about this size, and I, was, I was talking about evangelizing, and I said, I know a lot of you are afraid to go out and speak about God. Anyone a little bit afraid to go out and speak about God? Yeah, some. And you know what some of them said to me? They said, they said you know what, Father, we're not so afraid. We just don't know how. Show us how. I'm like, okay, I'll show you how. And so uh, some of you might feel that way. Uh, it's hard sometimes, but some of you might be just saying, show us how. So I, we did the Evangelism Explosion program, and it's really neat. It starts with two diagnostic questions. Diagnostic question number one, if you were to die today, God forbid, if you were to die today, do you know for certain you'd go to heaven? And a lot of people would right there say, not, I mean, I'm not for certain. I hope so. I certainly hope so, right? Uh, and we say the Gospel of John says, these things were written so that you might believe, and believing you might know you have eternal life. Do you know you have eternal life? In fact, I know eternal life. It's God. I know God, and that's life. And the other question, we say, okay, okay, that's good. But let me ask you this question again. And God forbid, but if you were to die, and you were to stand before God, and God was to say, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? And then people would say, well, you know, I sing in the choir, I go to church, and, and stuff like that. And so we get a chance to talk to them about grace, about faith, about this free gift of God, which is eternal life. And uh, I tell them that little scary story about when I was laying in bed and that sort of thing. But now I know I have eternal life. And then, then we talk about the free gift. But you know, if I gave you a free gift, if I gave you a Lamborghini, <laughs> you know, that'd be pretty nice, huh? Uh, and, but if, if it just sat in my garage and you never took it, if you never received the gift, it's no good, is it? It was yours all along and you never, you never received it. And so God has a free gift for us, but we have to receive it, don't we? We have to receive it. And there's all kinds of ways to do that. And then we talk to him about faith. And so we'd go out. I remember going out the uh, first time. We're going to go out and do this evangelism. We went in threes. You know Why? Uh, two would kind of do the talking, one primary person leading it. The other person would say a little bit, but he would kind of look at the person talking 
so that the other people would look at the person talking. <laughs> That's what the second person did. He would look at the person talking so everyone else would look at the person talking. And you know what the third person did? We do have an enemy. And when you say to somebody, would you like to give your life to Jesus right now? Would you like eternal life? The phone will ring. The dog will need out. The baby will cry. The third person did those things. And every time, I promise you, every time we ask somebody, are you ready right now to, say, to ask Jesus into your life? Bam, the doorbell would go or the phone would ring. And we had someone there to run interference. And so we go out for our first time. And this was an impossible case. The woman said, really, you'll come out and talk to my husband? He's not going to respond. Just don't be discouraged, you know. And uh, he's like, yeah, I want that. I want that. I want to know I have eternal life. I want God in my life. I want to give my life to God. And when we were done, she's like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Why? We're the IBM salesman. That sign doesn't apply to us. People want what we have. Protestant pastors ask me to come speak to their big charismatic groups and tell them what? I don't know what he wanted me to say. He just knew I loved him so much and he loved me so much and we loved God so much. It's the love of God poured into our hearts, the Holy Spirit. I had a bag lady come up to me in the... I was with a friend and we were just in this love of God thing and a bag lady comes up and sits with us. I want in on it. <laughs> I want what you guys got. And I know you do. You, you, you see what I'm saying? This is how good our God is. This is the God who's in you. I don't know. I hope you didn't forget that. I hope you still know that. So sometimes uh, we can use the Holy Spirit kind of in a sense of in an organized way, can't we? Spirit is very organized. You can use canned stuff. You can use evangelism explosion. The Spirit is so organized. Do you know how organized the Holy Spirit is? We can determine the time of day the sun will rise over Myrtle Beach and what day the tide will come in and go out a thousand years from now. We'll know exactly what time those things are going to happen. That's how organized the Holy Spirit is. Uh, and so we can use that too. And the Spirit of the Word, they always work together. Um, well, I won't, I won't keep you much. I just wanted to share a little bit from my heart. Uh, I think more than anything, uh, what people want from a priest is that, he's, that he prays and that he believes and that he preaches out of his prayer, preaches out of, out of that life that he lives, that believes. And, and I, I get such a positive response. If you just smile at people, that would be almost enough. Uh, but if that's what they want from their priest, don't you know you are priests? You know that, right? You know in the New Testament, you are the only ones called priests? You, by virtue of your baptism, are baptized into Jesus Christ, who is prophet, priest, and king. And St. Augustine says, your priesthood is like this. When, when like Mark or I are up on the altar and we're offering the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross through the bread and the wine at that altar as, as priest, every one of you are a priest. Your altar is your heart. Your altar is your heart. And what are you offering at that mass? Your very life. Your very life. And if the world was able to look at people who were priests, and who lived like that, they'll say, I want what you got. And you know how to give it to them. Give it to them canned. Give it to them fresh. And give it to them however you get it to them. It doesn't matter. What you have, they want. They want to know that they have eternal life. And you know that. You know that God. That God is really, really great in your life. Uh, Maybe I'll just tell you one more story because, before I close because uh, I won't be with you again. It comes from this area. A woman was telling me, I shouldn't tell her name because she's pretty close to this area, but she was about my age and she said, to the, this, told me this about 10 years ago. So let's say she was in her 40s. And uh, she said, Father, one time when I was about five, I was going to bed at night. And she said, all of a sudden God was in my room. I'm a five-year-old little girl in my room alone and there's God. And she said, uh, God said to me, Marty, can you imagine that there's nothing outside your house 
There's just your house, your room, your toys, your bed, you and me. And this five-year-old girl says, yeah, I can imagine that. And God says, Marty, can you imagine there's no house, there's no world, there's just your room, your bed, your toys, you and me. She goes, yeah, God, I can imagine that. And God says, Marty, can you imagine there's no room, there's no house, there's no world, there's just your bed, your stuffed animals on it, you and me. She goes, yeah, I can imagine that. And God says, Marty, can you imagine there's no bed or any toys on it, there's no room, there's no house, there's no world. Can you imagine that there's just you and me? She said, yeah, I can imagine that. She said, I spent the night with God as a five-year-old girl. She said, I still draw power from that, from that experience of God, from being with God. That's our God. That's our God. Better than everything in this world times infinity. And I'll give my whole life in this world to that God. I'll follow that God because I have forever what I'm going to give away here is nothing. The sufferings I have here for the glory I have there, nothing. People say, thanks for giving that up, Father. Giving what up? I gained everything. I didn't lose anything. I gained it all. People want that, don't they? They want to know that you believe that, that you live it, and they want it too. And if you'll let me end my homilies how I ever do, this is our faith. And what a wonderful faith we have. Isn't that right? Thank you. Thanks for allowing me to be here with you. go no one else do this do this right now just close your eyes and pray for a minute just put yourself in God's presence do you have sin in your life say God I am a sinner and I'm sorry for my sins and if you need to you can visit a priest but right now just you and God and just say I am a sinner Say, God, I want you in my life. I give my life to you. Lord, I want you to be Lord of my life. I'll give this life away. I'll give it to you because I want it to be in your hands. I want you in charge of my life. I want Jesus Christ in my life. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ in me. God, now that I've asked you to be in my life, I'm ready. I want your Holy Spirit. I want your love. I want the healing power of your love. I want your gift of grace. I want to know you. I want to know that I have eternal life. Lord, give me your Holy Spirit that you're so willing to give, that you've already given me. Let your spirit flow within me. Let it bubble up inside of me. Lord, give me your Holy Spirit. And now just speak out. Just speak out in tongues or in, in the Holy Spirit. Just pray in God. Praising Jesus Christ. Yes, Lord Praise Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Glory to yes, you, Lord. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Oh, that it could be a lot of 
Spirit is just uh, touching us right now. Um, uh, there's uh, maybe someone over here can pray with this lady right here. Yes, yeah, pray with her. Julius, yes, uh, Larry, yes, lay hands on. Anybody wants to be prayed for here, wants the love of God, wants to know eternal life in their life, just come on up and Father Mark and I will pray with you. Uh, anybody want prayer for? healing power of God's love, the Holy Spirit yes. in your come life. before you, Lord. We come before you, Lord. Lord, we love your life. He's such a love you, wonderful. Reach out to them, pray together. Yes, Lord Jesus, yes, Lord God. Oh, come, oh Lord Jesus, come, oh Lord. Oh, touch, touch us, oh Lord. Let us know you, oh Lord God. Let us know you in this close way, oh Lord Jesus. just in our presence right now. We, look, we turn our eyes to you, oh Lord Jesus. We see you in the clouds and the stars and the heaven. How can we deny your existence, oh Lord? And tonight you come to, to touch us here. Thanks for listening. This is Larry Yelnick. And I just uh, hope that you have enjoyed this, uh, this uh, podcast and you will come back. There are more podcasts like this. Look at encounter-jesus-within-us. Encounter Jesus within us. (laughs) Hope you enjoy. God bless.